Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to this uh, edition of Winchester Radio on Wednesday night for a change. Uh, I feel like we just had a podcast and we did just have a podcast. (laughs) So um, tonight we're going to be talking about Dog Dean Afternoon, uh, fifth episode of the ninth season. Uh, It's... um, it's just me and Becky and Vinny tonight. I'm Susan, so we will be taking guest call-ins, and that number is 347-205-9801. If you have anything to ask or talk about with Dog Dean Afternoon, uh, first, uh, you can find Winchester Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash boulevard. You can check our website, winchesterboulevard.com. There's always a link on the right side of the page. You can track down the podcast and any other supernatural news on Facebook or Twitter and the Winchester Bros on both of those. You can subscribe and download through iTunes as well. Um, Dog Dean Afternoon, named for the movie Dog Day Afternoon, starring Al Pacino, but that's that's the end of this uh, relationship between the two because they're nothing alike. Um, and this this is a pretty good episode. I, I I have to admit my expectations on Dog Day Afternoon were so low. Pretty much the an hour of Colonel the German Shepherd, like, you know, playing with his two toys and going for a walk would have been just great. <laughs> That's how low my expectations <laughs> were because I don't know, it would have been just fine. Like Dean walking walking the Colonel, like, around the park for an hour would have been good. Or playing fetch because maybe both of them playing fetch at that point. But, I, I you know, usually episodes with German Shepherds and Dogs Supernatural, eh, they don't turn out too well, but I was pleasantly surprised with this. I was amused, and it actually had a little bit of Zeke in it, which, you know, a little bit serious, so I'm I'm okay with it. I feel like this episode met my expectations at the exact level I have them at. Okay. Which were not super high to begin with, um, but not super low either. But not super low. Okay. I saw, like, before the episode aired, there was a whole lot of, like, like secondhand embarrassment posts going on. I was like, I have no secondhand embarrassment about this at all. Um, I just, I thought it was going to be a fair to Midland filler episode, and it was. So it did what it was supposed to do, and it filled up an hour of my life, and then, and then it filled up another six hours while I recapped it, and there was that. <laughs> I... Yeah, I, I love and this. Every one of us has a completely different opinion, and I think this is awesome. Um, 
I really liked it. I went into well, it expecting good. it to be really good, and I thought it was. I, you know, I was expecting a kind of yellow fever, you know, kind of thing, and that's kind of what it was. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I laughed out loud, which doesn't happen while watching TV much anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I will say the, the parts I enjoyed, I really enjoyed, and I did laugh out loud as well a few times. But the parts mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy, I really didn't enjoy. So mm-hmm. it all balanced out to mediocre to me. Yeah, I mean, not I, bad, not bad. Just there was there was mm-hmm. nothing about it that I did that I disliked. Really, 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 really. Because I hated mm-hmm. the little things. The poodle thing. You hated the what? So bad. The poodle thing. I was so uncomfortable. The whole poodle thing. It made no sense, and it really bothered me. I would. It would have made. You know so what made me sense. feel better about that scene? I kept. What? I kept. I kept relating it to. I just every time, even when I heard it was coming, when I watched the scene, for me it was totally like being as Captain Jack Harkness on Torchwood because John Barrowman plays. Captain Jack Harkness said that Captain Jack is but, omnisexual, and he would go for a French poodle if he had the chance. And I just was thinking of being as Captain Jack Harkness. And there is okay. there is an episode where he he does give a dog the eyes, right? I only watch Torchwood once mm. always. I think there is. Talked about it. I don't think we actually see it. I, I think we see him looking out the van. But there's a dog reference. Mm. I know there is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my thing mm-hmm. is, it would have worked so much better, and I, I fully stand by the fact that I'm completely, as an amateur, rewriting a scene, but it would have worked so much better if they would have had, like, an attractive person with the dog. One, I don't like poodles, but that's a personal thing. I'm not even taking that into account. With the dog, and have the colonel and Dean, like, be attracted to the people respectively, and both do, mm-hmm. like panting kind of late, like thing, and then have Sam be like, whoa, no, no, no. Because I, it, it, the fact that he was attracted to the dog bothered me so much, and it just felt it felt really out of place. I felt like it messed up the pacing to have that moment right there. Mm. I just didn't like it. Like There was a lot of things about it that I didn't like. I, felt I that thought it, it took too long. I thought they just lingered yes, on it way too yes. long. And I think maybe that was part of my issue with it, that it was it was drawn out. It was it was overplayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt that it fed it, it felt perfect into the episode. I had I didn't see and I didn't feel awkward or uncomfortable with it. I thought it fit in perfectly. Dean was like a dog, like you know, the, the bad guy could <laughs> smell it. You know, he smelled like a dog. You know, he no, thought he you know, he everything about him was becoming a dog. It was and the only dog moment that bothered me. I the whole sniffing bus thing that was amusing. The fetch was super cute. Um, him he actually, man, which I have to say, if he actually did sniff butts, that would have I would not have been happy with that. That would have been uncomfortable and awkward. But I, I, but, I probably would have handled that better. <laughs> I, I would have handled it much better. If he would have tried to sniff Sam's butt, I would have been like, "That's funny." <laughs> oh God. Oh, no. I have no actually done it, but yeah. attempted it. Attempted it. Yeah. I actually gone through with it. Yeah. I, 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 I um, it better. And I for me, it's not, a, it's not a, like a lot of people, a lot of people are complaining about like the illusion, the bestiality. And all. It's not that. Like, I don't feel like uh, that, that didn't bother me. I just didn't like the way it was filmed. 
So only thing about that scene. Yes. The only thing about that scene that I caught that um, I know Jared had tweeted um, he uh, about the dog that the dog was pulling away. Yeah, that was the dog was pulling away. Yeah, that was the thing that that took me out of the scene because I was like, oh, he's Jensen's having trouble with the dog. And then Jared. The first time I watched it, and I noticed it because I have a dog, and I noticed and I thought it was part of the scene, like like Dean was able to snap himself out of it, but he couldn't get the colonel to snap out of it with the poodle. So I kind of was like, well, I mean, it's part of the scene because you're so used to animals on TV and movies being so very well trained. But I thought, well, that's on purpose. It wasn't until Jared tweeted that, yeah, that dog needed their hair. I was like, oh, okay, it wasn't just me, and I, right. I was trying to justify it. Um, I thought the fetch was just great because it was so subtle. It was the beginning of the, yes. of, the, of the spell, and it was so subtle that you just see them, like, passing it back, and you just keep doing it, and they don't really talk about it until Sam's finally like, wait a minute, why do you keep giving them back to me? And I thought it was just great. It was very funny and so much better than the poodle, which was pretty over Heavy-handed. Yeah, well, and, and I like about the fetch thing. The, the fetch thing was really good because the last one that he does, you see Dean fighting to not do it, just like when you tell a dog no and they really want to do something. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. but my master said no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's, it was that same kind of, the way he played it was very similar to that. I thought this would sound so weird, but Jensen Ackleberg's a fantastic dog. <laughs> <laughs> because even when he's... When he's He's barking at the mailman, and he's doing the you, you. But the way he does it, like, my dog does that all the time. <laughs> so I mean, You can tell he has dogs, but that was hilarious, too, the mailman. And then um, him hanging out the window, so happy, like, in the breeze. It was so goofy, but I, I, I liked it. You don't get to see... Dean smiled and be that happy that often, and even though it was a spell and he was a dog, it was just it was just fun to look at with him, both with him and the colonel hanging out the window. <laughs> Very funny. I didn't understand, and again, I know I'm being kind of nitpicky for a filler episode, but I didn't understand the chocolate thing because the spell didn't t- change Dean's physiology. So why would chocolate bother him? Because like everything upsets a dog's stomach. So the fast food would have been bad for him too. The only mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. the only thing, the only thing I could I came up with was the dog thinks all chocolate is poison. To him, all chocolate is poison. He doesn't know mm-hmm. that it's not poison to people. That's the only thing I came up with. So. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of moments in this episode that I felt were really, it's the difference between writing a joke and writing for a joke. And I felt like there were a lot of moments in this episode that were written for the joke. I um, am. I think maybe the chocolate. Go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, I think maybe the chocolate and then there's some other things later it is, and I didn't. I didn't mind it. It was maybe sometimes the writers sort of taking a moment to do a little public service announcement. Like there's things about the shelter, and all the dogs in the shelter had a, like a little interview, and there was the poor 
senior Sheltie who needed a home and then the other dogs, you know, they all sort of need a home. And I, I actually didn't mind because if you get a chance to kind of get across a message, you know, in a not too serious way, you know, or something like that, I, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of nice, <laughs> especially since, you know, they have that horrible cat eating scene, which I admit to knowing about and just fast forwarding through it. I mean, well, I, which scene? The, with, the, with the monster, well, the human monster oh. eating cats. That was just, just disgusting. I feel like and, a terrible person, but because I'm not a cat person, and, and I know the fandom is going to really eviscerate me for saying this, but I'm about to say, I really don't like cats. They kind of wig me out, um, which I think that was kind of love because a lot of my, most of all my friends have cats. Oh, my best friend's a cat owner. Uh, cats really wig me out, and so I didn't have, like, an emotional response. I thought I had, like, a gross response to it, but I didn't have an emotional response to it, but my mother did, which is weird because she also hates cats. So, But she had, like, a whole, like, emotional wig about it. So, I, but, see, I'm, I am a cat. I am a cat person. I mean, actually, an animal Person because I was just as almost as traumatized about the poor dog that was killed for a spell, and then the other dog that was my uh, forgotten the name of it, but it's something home. It was in the house. With people that were living in the basement and the walls and everything. They ate the or tried to eat the family dog. Family room. I have a particular thing about cats because many people just automatically don't like them or afraid or if something doesn't that bothers them or they have sort of their myths about them and they're just they're so put upon in TVs and movies they're they're treated very cruelly sometimes and abused or killed for like why I just I'm like why are you picking on cats because there's so many they're they're wonderful I had a, a cat she passed away this year she was friendly and social and chatty and would play fetch just like a dog and everything. I'm like, you know, you're sort of missing out on things, you know, to just assume like cats are unfriendly or aloof or, or just hurt you. So it's that I, I, I can actually sort of be okay, not, not really okay, but I can understand in this episode because that man was, a monster. He was killing and eating anything he thought would help him, and that's why it's. It wasn't like casual cruelty to the cat. He just he was I a monster, and he more, had points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what bothered me more about that scene wasn't so much the monster, the man, however. It was the the desk clerk that took the mm-hmm. money and was like, "Oh, I thought you were from a perfume company." That actually bothered me way more. Yeah, like way, way more. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, you can die now. Yeah. I was like, you can die. That's cool. I had no problem with him dying after that. Yeah, yeah. So. Give up, you know, any animal like that, and you're supposedly there for their protection and help. Yeah, it's like good riddance to you. I, I don't care what happens to you. Go ahead. Yeah, because <laughs> like, well, and especially because where, where I work, where I work, you know, I sell makeup, and I'm very big on like steering people towards the, the brands that are like cruelty-free and all that, so, yeah. Like, animal mm-hmm. testing in the beauty, in, beauty industry is a huge controversy that, I mean, I am not perfect about because it's difficult to know, but I mm-hmm. try. And so, yeah, he bothered, he actually bothered me way more than the snake monster guy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, we have a we have a couple callers. One of them's been patiently waiting a few minutes. So, um, callers, if you're listening, I'm going to put one of you on. Hello. Hello? I just Hello? Hi there. You're on the air. Me? Yes, hi. You? <laughs> yeah. This is um, Stephen from Virginia, the guy who held for nearly 40 minutes a couple weeks ago. Yeah, hi. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. First of all, I loved it. Because they had so much of the old monster hunting episode in it. You know? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. But also, a few things I'll say right. was, first, so, can you all hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yeah? Yep, that, keep going. That kid, even beyond his thing about the um, makeup, who reacts like that when they walk in on a guy eating a cat? True. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was way too, like, stoned on the job for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was glad he was gone. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had to be for the dead people. Good riddance to the shelter worker. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I had to say y'all actually aren't gonna like. Okay. Okay. I felt like this there was a little bit more of a hint again about Ezekiel being possibly a bad guy. Oh, there was Definitely a very foreboding comment by Dean towards the end there. So yeah. I totally agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. In the pre, mm-hmm. in like the previously on part, they had his, that scene where he said, "I hope you're one. Of, I sure hope you're one of the good guys." Uh, I wouldn't go by that beginning part because that beginning, yeah. the then part, was insane. There was a thing <laughs> that was like, "I throw everything ever at you in case you've never watched the show before." Yeah. That's true. That I was, had Becky in there. There was Becky, and there was Chuck, and there was, you know, all kinds of things that we haven't seen on... There was Joe, <laughs> and, you know, people yeah, that we haven't seen in years. humor episode. But it felt so good because this was so much like those older episodes. I agree with that. I really liked the kind of the going back to the Monster of the Week formula. I miss that formula a lot, and I've been rewatching this, the show, so right now my rewatch, I'm in the middle of season three. And I just miss the one, two, and three format so much. Which I miss. I missed it so much too. And I just watched seasons one through eight this summer. And I even missed it. Yep. I mean, not to say that I haven't enjoyed the way the show's evolved. I have, and I love the show, obviously. But right there, I just missed how dark and I like at the beginning where Sam says. You know, we don't have to worry about this. We don't have anything to do with this. So maybe we should actually just do our job. And I was like, yes, thank you. That actually happened to me with a lot of my favorite shows where I always look back in the early seasons and kind of like the more standalone entertaining stories. Yeah, and this episode was even more darkly shot than than we had gotten used to. I mean, there was still the daytime and the bright, but the dark scenes were really dark, which, again, the show Mm -hmm. used to be... Back when the show first started airing, and I was, you know, all of us were still on Live Journal, and I used to try to make icons and fan art for this show. And season one and two are the hardest things to Photoshop. Just hated the caps from the, from season one and two because yeah. they were so dark, and, but they were beautiful. Yeah, I went back mm-hmm. and tried to rewatch the pilot earlier this week, and I was 
amazed. I've forgotten how different it looked. Anyway, it always that. looked like a watercolor to me. It always looked like a watercolor yes. to me, kind of a stormy watercolor. Very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's I still, think I mean, it's still a, a pretty show. It's still a pretty show. It's just pretty in such a different way. Mm-hmm. I don't know I if thought, shooting that way is like a budget issue. So, I don't know. I know that – I don't know if you guys remember, because I remember, that in those days – I even my mom did it, too, when we were first watching the show – there were complaints about it. it's so dark, I can't see it, it's so dark, mm-hmm. I can't see it, and I don't know if that's probably like a response to, okay, well, we'll help you out. And well, also, you know, technology changes throughout the, and they're able to saturate colors better and more realistically. Well, Jensen, I was, you know, when I was at ChicagoCon, Jensen and Jared were talking about the difference between shooting in first season and shooting now in ninth season and the the actual mechanics of shooting, and they said that... When they were they were shooting in a in in uh, the Impala. There were crew members that would jog up and down outside the car with flashlights to look like headlights of other cars. And now, of course, they don't do that at all. It's done in, mm-hmm. in post in a completely in different way. So wow. And they have many many different ways of doing things. But that that was when I remembered. He said the crew used to jog up and down with flashlights pretending to be the other cars on the road as they shot. And I wonder if they I wonder if they miss that as actors because it does I think it also changes the way you react to things. Mhm. I also think that it's part of the reason maybe if it was dark you know, dark or nighttime covers a multitude of sins, you know, and the scenes of something, you know, we just well it'll be in shadow so you can't really tell or see. So it was kind of a helpful practical thing, I guess, when you don't have the means or possibly possibly the budget. But yeah, it was very strange when the show suddenly lightened up and as I recall it was a network request. So I don't remember exactly. Because it started, yeah, it, happening. it started yeah. happening in season three. It really did start happening in season three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So many changes happened in season three. <laughs> oh, season three. <laughs> I like season three, but the summer before season three was such a hard time. Oh, my God. Everybody panicking. I remember. <laughs> I was one of those panicking. So. <laughs> I, you, I wasn't panicking. I was sitting there going, why does everybody hate girls? Why do we hate girls? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was that was a, that was a scary summer. <laughs> <laughs> I would not I would not relive it for anything. No. But. Oh, when I mentioned Ezekiel earlier. Mm-hmm. Y'all said something about him making a foreboding about the foreboding comment at the near the end of the episode. I think I've got that quote. Was he talking about when he said he was possessed by something he couldn't control? It was just a matter of time mm-hmm. before he took over. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing that got one. for me. I was Which definitely I don't a, know. I'm pretty I'm sure there was some foreshadowing. Yeah, I'm sure. I know oh, yeah. it was obvious. There was, there was a lot of heavy-handed foreshadowing in this episode, which is fine. I, I, like, I didn't mind it at all. But I, the thing that I wonder is, since Sam doesn't seem to be changing personality at all, then... Is it more going to be, like I've said since, you know, the first episode of the season, if you've got, if your house is Sam Winchester, why would you want to move? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. But and the only, 
And I was talking about this with a friend earlier. The only thing I will accept, the only thing I will accept is if when Ezekiel is better and is like, yes, yeah, Dean, now I want to be, now you're my vessel. That it was all working up to like Ezekiel wanting Dean to be his vessel. Well, I want that. I can, how I can see it, how I've been thinking about it is remember, okay, he keeps saying, Ezekiel keeps saying as soon as Sam knows he's there, he can eject him at any time. Well, yes. if that was true, could, um, you know, if you go by those same rules, then Sam would have been able to eject Lucifer at any time in Swan Song. And, you know, so... What well, I, I, can, I, can, I can sandwink that as far as it being Lucifer. It could just be it's true. You, you can do that because he's, he's super powerful. That's very true. But what I keep thinking is what if, and this has just happened since last night, this is my thought since the foreboding statement, is what if Ezekiel is lying to Dean... And he's just, you know, building up his own strength to where whenever Sam is healthy enough and can reject him, he can't because he's gotten strong. So strong. Yeah, what I really thought, mean was not disappointing. Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, that was not disappointing foreboding statement itself, but that statement in combination with the statement from the beginning of the episode where he was like, the sooner you heal... If he didn't complete his thought, it was like you're saying, like, the sooner you heal, the sooner Ezekiel can get out of you. And that Which was the beginning of the episode, and then for him to say that at the end, it was just, it felt like it was tying back together. And I don't know if it's a product of, I mean, obviously all the writers, you know, they have their writer's room, and they're all on board with the arc. But last episode we had, I missed last week's um, podcast, so I don't know if you guys talked about this, but the fact that Ezekiel does say, the longer I have to be here, and, and neither of us wants that. So it doesn't seem like Ezekiel wants to stay in town. But I don't know, is that just misdirection on his part? But that also reminds me of, remember how much, because Castiel was in his vessel for so long, remember how much it screwed up that guy's life? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just worried about how... He could also be worried about how much it's going to mess up Sam if he's in there long-term and keeps taking over. Possibly. I'd like to think that's what he means, but... They seem to be going hitting more and more against what we want. Yeah. Which, oh, I, like sorry, I said, my, only, my biggest issue is they make Ezekiel evil, air quotes, is that I want there to be an angel other than Castiel that is not from a from a audience perspective the bad guy. They've made every other almost every other angel the bad guy mm. in comparison to Castiel. And it I don't like the idea of Castiel being the only quote unquote good angel, even though because mm. it kinda of, what it does is one, it just doesn't make sense. But two, it also erases a lot of the things that Castiel has done, which are part of his characterization. Right. But if, you, if, if, it, if it gets hand-waved, then you lose part of the character, in my opinion. Yeah. But as far as the good angel thing, that reminds me of something else that always felt weird was it almost felt like in Naomi's last scene, they were trying to make, suddenly trying to make her seem like a misguided good guy. Mm-hmm which didn't fit with her. 
Agreed. Yeah. Thank okay. you. I agree. Thank you. Because nobody else agrees with me on that, ever. <laughs> hey, I agree. I agree. But you know, which one of you didn't like her on SG-1? I'm sorry? And one of you didn't like her on SG-1? Oh, right. I didn't watch SG-1. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm, I thought it was oh, I watched Stargate. Okay. I watched Stargate. Anyway, never mind. I actually have two more oh, things. I watched it. Sorry? I thought, I'm sorry, I thought one of y'all had said before y'all didn't like her on it. Oh, no, I just said oh, I, I haven't no. seen it. Becky and I haven't seen it. Susan watched it. Oh, I, no, I was not a fan of Amanda tapping Samantha Carter on Stargate. So, yes, that was me. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, which, you know what? I, I liked her as Naomi very much. I, I, I was the character, but Oh, you like Sam, Samantha Carter. You like yeah. Carter and you... Not big on Naomi. Well, that's okay. I like Naomi in the sense that I don't think somebody has to be the good guy to be a, a good character. Like, I think Gordon was a fantastic right. character and clearly not a good guy. Mm-hmm. So I like Naomi right. in that capacity, which is why I didn't like the change that we that she did in, in like, the 180 she didn't sacrifice. I was like, oh, well, you just ruined her thing. Anyway, I said two I love Gordon too, so, so I oh, Gordon, was, oh, Gordon was so good. And yeah. he was right. He was right. <laughs> you know, he was totally right about Sam. So Oh Gordon, I forgot about Gordon. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I it gets me every time. He was the bad guy, yet he was completely right. Which is why, like, for me, I think I like Castiel so much because he's not such a straightforward good guy. He screws up all the time. And I like fallible characters. So, and that's part of my issue with Dean because Dean screws up a lot, but he never has to, like, he never has to answer for it. So that's why he's, like, so not my favorite. But you always saying about characters not being, having to be good guy to be likable? Mm-hmm. That reminds me of, like, I watched Days of Our Lives a lot with my mom when I was little. In fact, that's how I actually first knew Jensen. Yes, I watched it, too, so right there with you. So, and, a lot, and my favorite characters were, like, always the villains. So, I Yes. Totally <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I was, like, Stefano and, um, what was her name, Vivian. And Victor Kyriakis. Yes. But anyway, I just had two more things. One was mm-hmm. this is the second week in a row they've referenced or shown Becky. You think she might have come back? You never know with this show. It's very possible. Oh, no. She's not she's not dead, so it's possible. Yeah, they can always bring back <laughs> the killer. <laughs> uh, no, Becky cannot die. <laughs> <laughs> If they, they bring her back, they better redeem the character in some way. Because oh, what they did! Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I completely, yeah. So completely agree with so, you there. So disturbing. So if they bring her back, they have to redeem the character in some way, even if mm-hmm. even if we never see her again after that. I'm very big on redemption arcs. I just don't want them to ever kill her off. That reminds me of something I else. See, that I even. About. Even if she never comes back to the show, I'm fine. Just as long as they don't if ever kill her off. A, well, 
if it serves the story, if it serves the story properly, like if she dies a hero, then I don't mind that. If she dies saving Sam, okay, I can go with that. <laughs> well, how else would she die? I mean, come on. True. Perfect. True. Yeah. My only other thing is I loved the scene where Dean could understand all the dogs in the kennel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, by far, my favorite line from the episode was, I'm shaking the fence, boss. I'm still shaking the fence. And he just kept, <laughs> that dog just kept repeating it. <laughs> that was cute. Anyway, thank you, ladies. I'll let you go now. Thank you for calling. Okay. Whoa. I'm back. What? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. Blog Talk Radio is freaking out on us. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mercury's in retrograde. That's that's my story. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. I I apologize. I came back as quickly as I could. <laughs> um, and I see our, our caller. Very good long conversation. So yes, that's good. And if you're out there, um, you can call back. <laughs> yes, I say you can call back. Um, but we do have another caller who's been holding a while, so. I'm going to go ahead and put them on. Hello, Winchester Radio. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Hi. Oh, Thank fantastic. you for being patient. Sorry? I said, oh, Glada, I'm so glad you can hear me. Yes. Hi, well, thank thanks you for, for being calling. patient. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. I've enjoyed listening to the program. Thank you. Did you have a question, comment? Um, I, I did have um, a slight question, slight comment in regards to how Sam didn't seem to talk about the injury that he received um, on the neck and then right. how um, Zeke healed him. But when, you know, after that was done, you know, and he's talking to, to Dean at the end of the episode, he was just saying how weird it was that the guy wanted him because of his healing abilities, but he didn't mention his cut on his neck. So it's like, how would how would Dean know what Sam would talk about a healing ability? I had a, I, I'm with you. I had a huge issue with that because I can uh, I can accept that Ezekiel will kind of manipulate Sam's mind, and Sam may have forgotten about the injury. He might have made him forget. And he woke up covered in blood. And he never questioned mm. it. Mm. And I have a real problem. With that. And that's when I said earlier, kind of along the same line where I said sometimes I feel like things are written for the joke. I feel mm-hmm. like some like, things in this episode were also written for the line. And other things were disregarded for that. You know, there's... That, you can't tell me that Sam Winchester didn't look around, you know, and go, why am I bloody? What, is this my blood? Is this Dean's mm-hmm. blood? What's going on? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm telling you, it's all those head injuries over the years. It's affecting it, I think. <laughs> what? Yeah. You mean yep. the last five episodes? <laughs> 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 head injury in every episode. I'm so concerned I about know. 
I've, I've, I'm waiting for the episode where he completely forgets his name. Because, I mean, he is. <laughs> where he puts yeah. his shoe on his hand or something. like. Yeah, exactly. I'm so worried about Sam Winchester's brain. I know. Um, Over the years, he's had somebody, and then this year, he's been knocked out unconscious so many times because of Ezekiel. Yeah, Years of oxygen oxygen deprivation from all the choking, and now a multitude of head injuries. Yep, yep. That's it. It's totally affected him. He's losing his his memory. But I I agree. I had had a really big issue with them not... um, I feel like that that scene again was written for the for the phrase so that Dean could say what he wanted to say, but it didn't take anything prior into account. Mm-hmm. I think Sam is starting to make a list of things that aren't adding up, and how he keeps losing time, and he's fairly certain it's not the alien sure. like you know uh, abducting him and that sort of thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I think he's starting to make a, a list of things, and he's starting to wonder, and he's sort of hoping maybe what he's putting together isn't true because it is seen. And also, I mean, we're sort of laughing about poor Sam getting, you know, clocked on the head many times, but what if, in all seriousness, he's kind of thinking, you know, I have been gone unconscious and hit my head fairly often over the years. I wonder if it's starting to take a toll <laughs> And I am mm-hmm. kind of losing my memory, so maybe he's kind of thinking, "Well, is it that kind of?" Issue? And he may so, start to wonder that now. Now that he, because he thinks that he, or well, he isn't. We know, and he, uh, he figured out that the trials purifies him. I wonder if he's now thinking that he's more fragile because he's not the boy with the demon blood anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I just think was really funny that he's so freaked out about what are you, what are you, what are you, when. For the past thirty years of his life, he's been what are you? What are you? What are you? And he doesn't like he has no proof that the trials purify him. It was just a theory of his. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that freaked him out so bad. Like, again, I think the head injury should have taken a priority to the what are you. I mm-hmm. completely agree. <laughs> poor Sam. Poor poor Sam. In conclusion, poor Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> We said that like pretty much once a week for years now. <laughs> and sometimes it's poor Dean and sometimes it's poor Dean and Sam, but there's there's always a reason. <laughs> oh goodness. I thought it was interesting about this episode that our monster of the week was human and mm-hmm. was was sick and was very desperate to come up with a way to heal himself and wasn't was, was a very human monster this time. That evil sometimes is just there and it's nothing special. It's not, not a strange and supernatural what? creature or anything else. It's 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 human that that's doing it and felt desperate to live and desperate to hold on to their life and stepped well, what, way what over the him, edge. Yeah, when what Dean tells him when he's tied up that's a direct parallel of what Dean is doing. So, you know, we get the idea of, you know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Dean, the monster of his story kind of thing. Yes. I'm sure it there. I just can't remember the exact quote, but I thought it was, I thought it was really poignant, actually. 
Yeah. Um, is Fowler still there? Yes, yeah. I'm still here. Oh, I was just saying that we you guys discussing this, but <laughs> did we um, I, I'm sorry? Well, like, did we upset her? <laughs> I'm still here. I'm just enjoying. I'm just enjoying listening to you guys. But um, just just to to weigh in, I really think that Sam's going to figure things out before Dean tells him. This isn't the first time he's been possessed, and I really think he's going to start putting pieces of the puzzle together and figure things out. I think he might even ask Cass at some point. You know, how can you tell if there's an angel inside of you or how can you tell if you're being possessed or if something's possessing you but allowing you to speak? I really think that Sam's going to catch on soon. I, I so totally, too. just my theory mm-hmm. because things always, there's always a big finale at the, in the winter break, you know. So mm-hmm. I totally see the big reveal, Sam figuring it out right before it goes, you know, at the episode before it goes on hiatus for Christmas and the holidays. I can, I see of it happening then. Kind of like Croatoa and, you know, that episode when, with the big discussion at the end when Sam finds out that uh, John told Dean he might have to kill him someday. That big, yeah, I see it happening that way. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for allowing me to be on your show. Thank and, uh, you for I, calling. I definitely look forward to further broadcasts. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, and have yourselves a lovely evening. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Um, Jensen mentioned that somebody asked him what's the at Chicago, what's the hardest scene he's had to film so far this season, and he said. It's coming up. The most challenging scene he's had to do, and maybe not just in this season. So, of course, none of them will give spoilers at the convention, and it sounded like it was probably the mid-season break. I, actually, I think it's January. Actually, it's when they come back. So, really? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be Sam finding out and it being a cliffhanger and then the fallout in January being very difficult to deal with. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting and kind of alarming. <laughs> you know, out of all the <laughs> difficult scenes that, you know, Jensen filmed, it's like, this one is worse. Oh, my God. So... You know, we're we're in for it. <laughs> he didn't elaborate too much on why it was challenging, but I think it was related to them also talking about dealing emotional scenes and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I also, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, over the years, we've had, you know, Dean and Sam be like, ew, witches, ew, witches, 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 and they're with their little concoctions and their, their spit and all this and secretions, and they are such witches themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, you drank a concoction with dog hair. You both drank concoctions <laughs> with your own hair. <laughs> you used spells and sigils and warnings, and you are... 
yeah, you're witches. Because I was also thinking about it, I just watched Fresh Blood recently, and so when they're burning the sage to mask their scent, I'm like, yeah, that's witch stuff. That's witch stuff. <laughs> so I need them to have this moment where they're like, oh, shit, we're witches. <laughs> okay. I would love that. I would love that. I can just see Dean's face. Like, that would be oh hilarious. Oh, my God, I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. I'm sure he'd be horrified. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I want him to realize that, you know, they're witches. She's <laughs> funny. Um, and then I feel like we should talk about the, the elephant in the room, the talking elephant in the room, uh, the voices, the animal voices. Uh, yeah. Because I, I okay. I'm going to preface this by, again, with the scene, like the scene with the dog uh, pulling away from Jensen. I sort of gave it a pass at first because I have a really big issue, or I like kind of like a squick with talking animals. Um, the only time I've ever liked it, and I think had it been done like this, I would have been okay with it, is Mylon Otis. <gasps> and so yes! This- that was going to be mine for me to talk about in the, in, yeah. about for this and episode. And it wasn't so. like that. It was... <laughs> Like, for me, I've never enjoyed any version of Dr. Doolittle. Doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Um, I hate Mr. Ed. Number one, I'm afraid of horses, so that's, that's a terrifying show to me. That, that's, that's, that's true horror for me. But I also just think it's stupid. So 99% of the time, I think talking babies and talking animals are stupid. The exception being, look who's talking, and Milo and Otis. And the thing with Milo and Otis is, you don't you don't watch and think that's a voiceover that's a voiceover that's a voiceover, and in this episode all I kept thinking is it was almost felt this is sound really stupid but bear with me because I I mean it as a I don't mean it literally it almost felt like it was all out of sync like there was like 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 the voices were one step behind the animal does that make sense mm. it just felt off. It felt really, really yeah. off, and I mean, all the voices were super cartoony and over the top. Yes. That was my issue when the when the dog talked the first time. And the German Shepherd is a extremely intelligent, beautiful, mm-hmm. classic, classic animal, and to have a very goofy, cartoony voice, it didn't suit suit him at all. I mean, I can see the voice suiting a personality. I mean, obviously a Yorkie voice, I don't think it's going to sound like a German Shepherd voice, but I found them no, very but, over and the top and, and the cartoony, Sheltie, and I, I didn't care the for Sheltie them. The sounded like a cat. The Sheltie totally sounded like a cat to me. That's a cat voice. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's ridiculous to the same, but it's a cat voice. I think the should have like a, like a Welsh accent or something. Yes. Or something. <laughs> or, you know, so. or, you know, I really, and again, again, it needs a nitpicker, but I really, really didn't like, because it's one of my favorite books and movies, the I Need a Raquel Welsh poster and a, and a rock and a rock pit. I really would have rather that line be tailored to be a mirror of what a dog would ask for rather than the literal, like, Raquel Welch poster. Like, you don't know who Raquel Welch is. You're a dog. You don't even see colors. And you want mm-hmm. a rock a rock pick. You don't even have thumbs. Like, no, what? <laughs> I, have, I, have little, I, I, get little, I get stuck on little things like that. 
but it was really too, I think a lot of the scenes in this episode was just too heavy-handed. Mm. So I would have liked a ter- I would have liked that to be a- I would have liked something similar, but with a turn of phrase that made it more canine, rather than directly uh, lifted. I have a couple comments on that whole thing. One, I absolutely love Leslie Jordan as the voice of the Yorkie. I've been a fan of Leslie Jordan forever. He's hilarious, love him to death. So I love, and I was like, whoa, they got him on Supernatural. That's awesome. I loved hearing him as a Yorkie. Plus, the Yorkie was hilarious. Calling Sam the Biggin. I loved that. Calling Dean was pretty boy and Sam was Biggin. And so I love that scene. It's probably one of my favorites in the episode. But then, going to the overall voices, I assumed they were going for a cartoony thing. And so, because only time I've ever seen talking animals is basically in a cartoon. Um, you know, except for like Milo and Otis, which I love, like you, Vinny. Awesome movie. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen so Milo been... and Otis. <gasps> God, you have got to see Milo I and Otis. I still, to this day, will tell people, I'm frogging, I'm frogging. And that's yes. Milo and Otis. Okay. It's a really good movie. And you think it's a tale? Yeah, it's not cartoon at all. It's very, very serious. It's as if, like... I, the only, like, comparison I can kind of draw to it is it's as if the fox and the hound was real life with a pug and a, kid, and a cat. Like, it's, it's like it, that. It's, it's, it's an amazing movie. You have to see it. It's but so anyways, well done. There's not one single human being in it. Dudley Moore is the narrator guy. And yes. Very good. And but I think I, I do think that they were going for a cartoony vibe, but I don't think it fit. I, yeah. I thought I think whoever cast the, the voice actors went for the cartoon thing, but apparently that's not what Jared and maybe the rest of the cast and crew thought they were going for, according to the script, maybe because you know mm-hmm. from Jared's tweets he was not happy with the voice. He thought voices. He thought they were too cartoony. Mm-hmm. So apparently, it was not what they were shooting for. And, and so I when you look that, at it, that attributes to the fact that the tone of the script doesn't feel cartoony. Even with yeah. Dean being a dog and barking, mm-hmm. it still doesn't feel cartoony. Mm-hmm. So all the animals, all the animals, almost feel superimposed. Mm-hmm. I I do agree, and I and even though I laughed when you said you thought the old woman dog was a cat, I totally thought it was a cat. <laughs> because and, I was looking, I was looking down at first when she started when that when she started speaking, I was looking down. I was doing something. I was oh, I was fixing my dog's collar, and so I was looking down. And when I looked up, I was like, "That's a dog. That's you're supposed to be yeah. a cat." I was I was so really... Camera turned around and it was a dog because I expected it to be an old cat, which is so crazy because we've never heard a cat talk. We don't know what a cat sounds <laughs> <is. That laughs> like. But I did see like I'm listening. You guys are like, we got to... you know what a cat talks like? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but it's not just us because I thought that last night. And then after Jared had tweeted that, and we got some replies that were like, yes, that dog sounded like a cat. I was validated. I feel validated right now. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm just a little concerned. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize, I know who Leslie Jordan is, obviously, because I'm above the age of 25. How do you not? But I didn't realize it was actually him. I thought it was somebody who was aiming to sound like him. 
That said, I've actually never been a huge Leslie Jordan fan. I don't really like... I don't want to say I don't like him because I don't know him. I've never really liked any of the characters he's played. Not really. I find him... And I find I find his southernism really cliche and off-putting. As someone who grew who spent a lot of time in the really rural deep south, I find his southernism really off-putting. So I actually the scene with him as a Yorkie with Sam again it was kind of uncomfortable for me and I, heavy-handed. It was a, it was uncomfortable and heavy-handed for me. I'm not familiar, I'm so sorry, I'm not familiar at all with Leslie Jordan, and I honestly couldn't tell if the Yorkie was meant to be a guy or a girl. I kind of think everybody was talking um, about Eric's the gay Yorkie. They, yeah, Eric, Eric's uh, one of the writers, he did say that initially it was supposed to be, he specifically wanted the dog to be homosexual, a homosexual male, and originally he'd been a papillon, but the Yorkie was, <laughs> the Yorkie got the part. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he okay, did really, he I did fashion the dog that way. Yeah, he did fashion, and I think if you know who Leslie Jordan is, like I said, I thought that it was somebody who was just trying to sound like Leslie Jordan. Did, until did until you watch Will and Grace? Susan, did you watch Will and Grace? Yeah, a little while. Okay, do you remember um, uh, Megan Mullally's character? I forget what her name is. Um, she her her big uh, rival was a, a gay man named um, Beverly. He's super super tiny. You know, yeah, he googled him, and now that I see his face, I know exactly who he is. Okay. He is extremely okay. yeah. distinctive and voice and everything. Okay, exactly. Uh, yeah, now I and have he, a. He's on. Yeah, he's currently on this from... season of um, America of American uh, Horror Story Coven. He's on this season of, mm-hmm. of that. That's one of the few parts I liked him in is the part he's playing in Coven. And <laughs> I actually really liked him in, I'm going to show my age right now, in Designing Women. Yes, I did too. That's where I first <laughs> so, <know> from. <laughs> but like, yeah, those are the roles that I have liked him in. So, again, it's not that I dislike him. I just, I find him, I find prolonged exposure to Leslie Jordan tiresome. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 it's this, it's a, it's a, we are different kind of southern. Uh, this isn't working out, kind of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm I remember him from he's Boston Legal. He's in Tennessee. Yes, he was in Boston Legal as well, and Murphy Brown. Yeah. Yep. And what? So he's he's been in everything. He's been in yes. everything. So again, I recognize the voice. I just really thought someone was trying to be him, but it was I didn't realize it was actually him, which I find really interesting that they got him to do the because again. It always, I always get really kind of astounded and proud of our show when we get what I consider to be, like, big names. So when you're like, hey, you're actually, like, mainstream, I get kind of giddy about that. Yeah, so, and, and for it to be such a small part, too. Yeah, I mean, mm. he wasn't even, I'm, he didn't live in a trailer somewhere by himself talking into a microphone. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I did... Again, it was one of those things where I felt, and I, I just kind of feel like with a lot of the animal scenes that they were too drawn out. I would have liked more dog being and less animals. I have mm. to say that, that there were two things in this episode that were my very favorite two things, and one of them 
was when Dean was talking to the old lady dog who sounds like a cat. And <laughs> when Dean was talking to her and he called her ma'am. I love yes. that. I love that. Yeah. I don't. I would love to know if that was in the script or if Dean just did it. You know, Jensen just did it because I love that. Mm-hmm. And I'm then, curious. Yeah. I did like that as well. I did too. And, it was lovely. And I liked. And I don't they, know if this is the one you're going to say, but I liked also when they get to the shelter, and Sam's going to leave uh, the colonel in the car, and he's like, "Do you think we like that? Do you think because you rolled down the window that that's, that's a treat for us?" <laughs> and when the colonel tells him. Yeah, one of the few times, like, one of the few moments I really liked the curl was when he was, like, respect. <laughs> I really liked that. Wasn't, that wasn't what I was going to say, but I do, I did like that scene a lot. The other thing I was going to say only involved, I guess you could say, dead animals, because it was in the taxidermy, was Sam just picks up the Game of Thrones mouse <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and the looks at it. And shows it to Dean, and Dean's like, "What the hell?" You know, kind of face, you know, because it's, li- it's just a little moment that you could tell it just felt so real between two brothers. Like, look, what the exactly? And I like thing, when you know? they have those little like we're actually we're actually idiot brothers kind of moments. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. and I think it's like maybe because I don't watch Game of Thrones, not because I'm anti Game of Thrones. I just happen to have never watched Game of Thrones because I don't have that station, and so it's kind of not the easiest thing for me to do, illegally. Um, so, but I know, but I know the overall premise of Game of Thrones, and so we get Game of Thrones references back to in back to back episodes. And I don't know if that was, are they just really big Game of Thrones fans in the writers' room, or I don't know. Uh, so Maybe they're giving us hints to how the season's going to end. Dean is going to oh, become God, Khaleesi. No. <laughs> is she gonna Dean will oh, become no. Khaleesi, and there will be wars and Vikings and dragons. And, <laughs> and I was going to say, this is how okay. I don't really know. I don't really know what Game of Thrones is really, really about, except for the fact that, like, Becky and Sue watch it, my friend Sue. And so I know what a Khaleesi is, sort of, because <laughs> every year on YouTube for Halloween, you've got all these girls doing, I'm a Khaleesi for Halloween. Check out my tutorial. So I kind of get the idea of what's going on, but, like, in my head, I'm like, so is he going to be a Khaleesi, like, half dragon baby? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't either. I know, that there's, I, I know that there's, like, fire and brimstone and war, and I know there's incest. So I'm really just kind of side-eyeing the whole writer's room going, why? Why are you doing this? I'm really perplexed. Don't do that. <laughs> well, for Stop me, it. Game of Thrones is, is like the only person worse than maybe Joss Whedon are killing off characters that everybody yeah, there's, yeah, there's a t-shirt. Game of Thrones. There's so. a t-shirt that's um, it's, it's a silhouette of, of um, Joss Whedon, a silhouette of Stephen Moffat, and a silhouette of George R. R. Martin, and is like, I will kill everything you love. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've never watched Game of Thrones, but I, I use context clues, and I figured out that, and I've seen people call him, like, e- I know what he looks like, I've seen people call him like, evil Santa, and I'm like, yeah, you're a terrible person, I can tell. You're just going to take mm. everything out. You're, I really, I don't have, I watched Buffy, I watched Angel, I'm watching Supernatural. I don't really have that many more emotions to spare. So... <laughs> Yeah, they're all kind of taken up. I thought it was fun that they brought up Game of Thrones because they all just watched it in, in slumber parties with, with Charlie. So 
I just thought it was a nice continuation. Of which, and, and Sam thinking, you know, of course, hey, Dean, look, Game of Thrones. We just watched it. And yeah. Those, also, those mm-hmm. mice reminded me of Babe. I know you don't really like talking animal yeah. movies, but I, I love yeah. Babe. And the, the, the mice made me think of made me think of the mice. Yeah, the only thing I know about Babe is the reference and by Babe. Andrew and Buffy. That's the extent of That'll my knowledge do, of pig. Babe. That'll be okay. I know yes. that's from Babe. That's that's all I've got. So, again, context clues. I'm big on context. That's, this is how I survive without ever having seen Star Wars. Context clues. And, uh, and here to go even further. The only besides the um, that'll do pig. The only other because I've never watched Babe either. The only other clue I have to it is from X Files when. Um, and Scully and Mulder are trying to herd some pigs. And yes. Scully says, no, ram you. No, ram you. And apparently that's from Babe. Yeah. yeah, it's the magic word for getting the sheep all herded together. And I'm not usually big on, like, cutesy movies and and things like that. And I'm not a huge Disney fan. But I, I enjoy Babe because there's definitely some things on there that are on an adult level, I mean, kids will enjoy it on one level, and adults will enjoy it like a little bit more. And it's but uh, and it's it's a little bit serious about things. It's, I think it's very cute. So yeah, it's just. I was also I, again. I would take if I had been the writer of this episode, I would have taken the opportunity to have an Animal Farm reference because I think Animal Farm is a terrifying book. <laughs> so. Creepy book, and I would have taken that opportunity. But um, going back, because I didn't get to be on the podcast last weekend because I was working. But again, going back to Game of Thrones, which is supposed to be—I don't know why I was stuck on the Game of Thrones thing. I again, I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I've seen like gifts of Game of Thrones. And if somebody put something visually from Game of Thrones in front of me, I recognize it. And I feel like that's got to be the most awkward show to watch with your brother and your friend. Like, I just don't feel like that's an episode I want to, or a season of TV that I want to watch with, like, people. Game of Thrones? I feel like yeah, I feel like it's something I want to watch in a dark room by myself. Please don't watch this with me because I will be very uncomfortable. That's how I feel about True Blood, too. Like, I don't want to watch True Blood with anybody. True Blood, oh, no. you have to watch alone. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at me while I'm watching True Blood. You will judge it. Like, I feel this. I feel like I would feel that way about about Game of Thrones, and so they're all just like casually sitting around Sam's room watching like the crazy shit I see on Game of Thrones gifts. So yeah, <laughs> that's not a relaxing night in my opinion. But you know, whatever. I'm not a I'm not a Winchester. I'm not, I don't know. But I did, I did like the uh, the tie-in, and that's why I wonder if it was on purpose. Of Sam recognizing the mouth and being like, "Hey, Dean, check it out. This is this is a familiar reference for us." Or is it just the coincidence? Or was it like, "What the hell is this thing?" <laughs> yeah, we're like, you know, like was it supposed to be in this episode of like, check out how weird this is, or was it actually like, I recognize this? I didn't know. So All I, I know like is it, it was funny. That's something I would want to ask. Um, we also you know, find as, out in this episode that Kevin can't hold his liquor. <laughs> oh, and I, I, looked, I looked up, yeah, I looked up buffalo milk, and it sounds delicious. 
It's like yeah. a booze milkshake. I didn't know this thing existed. It's a like a rum milkshake. I want it. We should make these. <laughs> I absolutely love hearing Dean talk about going to Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede because I, I have, love that. I've been to Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede, the, um, not the oh, one no. in Branson, but the one in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. So I'm like, hey, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know? So. Well, and I like the continuity, too, because we left Kevin in Branson, and here we're, he got back from Branson, exactly, so he yeah. barely survived. <laughs> I do, I, yeah, I like that they, they make it sure to go, by the way, we haven't forgotten that Kevin's around. We just, you know, he's not in this episode, but deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that said. Vinny, you do not ever need to go to Dolly Parton's 60 Stampede because there's horses. Yeah. And... It's like a dinner theater thing, a rodeo dinner theater thing, and do not ever sit in the front row because you could get dirt thrown up into your food from the horses running by. So. Ooh, goodness. Yeah. I can do, like, living where I, living where I live, and obviously I've been to the rodeo, and um, I've also been to the Oklahoma Gay Rodeo, and that was a good time. But, you know, sometimes I can handle horses. Sometimes, most of the time I can't, but every now and then I can suck it up and be a grown-up about it. <laughs> Not too often, but every now and then. Um, <laughs> okay, no going back to it. Go, no talking horses, no horses. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I have really strange phobias. I don't even, but I don't impose them on anybody. Like, if you have a horse, that's cool, whatever. My family owns horses. I just don't hang out with them. It's cool, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, that's your thing. Um, best friends with cats, just, you know, don't ask me to pick your cat up. I don't mind if your cat's there. I just don't want to pick it up. Their bones feel really strange to me, and it, I just, no, 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 thank you. But, like, I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge your, your feline. That's cool. Um, going, back to, going back to Kevin, the only thing is I don't, I don't like the whole idea of Sam's researching, researching, hits, hits a brick wall and goes, oh, well, you know, we'll call Kevin. And I get that Kevin's the one who's actually at the Atom in the Letters bunker, but they went, they went six years without a bunker, six, seven years without a bunker, and now they're going to rely completely on the bunker for, for their, Kevin for their knowledge. And they're going to acknowledge, they're going to rely completely on Kevin to be their, their child, their Bobby. Like, no. Kevin is the new Bobby, apparently. Well, and they Not had far. they had a kind of bunker with Bobby, so you know it was full of research and books and Bobby and everything. So they are kind of used to that. More and I used to, and I used to actually kind of get irritated with, with Bobby because you know they yeah. you know theoretically Dean had been hunting pretty much his entire adult life without Bobby. Mm-hmm. So yeah. without his without his brother and with you know without Bobby. He was doing fine, but suddenly he needs he needs backup. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of piggybacking that, I thought first off, as we do, shout out to our VFX team because the chameleon thing was really badass. Oh yeah, um, that I was, was looking re- at that wallpaper. You, you, I really like, didn't see oh. it. Yeah, you really didn't see it. But as soon as he starts the movie, you're like, oh, chameleon! I totally should have seen that coming. Yes, it was awesome. So, yeah, I thought that was really well done. But I just feel like in order to 
in order to make the Zeke thing prevalent, they just made Sam like a bad hunter, kind of. Like, Sam would have never gotten his throat slashed by a claw. He would have had the reactionary time to jump back. And now, because we know that he can be healed, and it's an opportunity to see Zeke, then we're going to have Sam basically die again. And I know that's the point. That's the point. It's supposed to be this really heavy-handed deus ex machina. It's not... They're they're hammering it home hard on purpose, which is fine. I just... I wish it wasn't at the detriment of characterization. Mm. I have to give a give a shout-out to Jared, though, going from to, to tragically wounded Sam to Zeke back to... And then back to Sam. What the heck happened? I've got blood on me. I mean, it was like boom, boom, boom in very short time, and that's a lot switching gears like that. And it, I thought mm-hmm. it was a terrific job with that. I, I, I know what you're saying, but just to step out. Yeah, like Jared, on one hand... Yeah, on too, one hand... Great. On one hand, I'm like, ah, it doesn't work. And on the other hand, I'm going to do the thing that I always, like, you know, I always argue about with Hillary. It doesn't justify the storyline. I don't care. As long as I get to see Jared do the transition, storyline, storyline, I don't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> so there you, there you go, Becky. That's the one you can always attack me with. Woo-hoo! Every time I'm like, but Bobby should stay dead. You're like, whatever is weak. That's fine. You can just tell me whatever is weak. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a definitely be you that. Yeah, you'll win. <laughs> I have a smart Dean moment too, which I always enjoy. So I love smart Dean um, when he figures out that it's the cowboy hat that the dog is reacting to. Yeah, yeah. He's thinking, you know, but this dog may have seen something, and instead of going, ah, you know, stupid dog can't figure out anything, he went, hey, cowboy hat, he puts it on himself, and he takes it from him. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do like smart, observant Dean. I also like when they make sure that we that they know that we know that Dean he's a competent hunter in his own right. Because when Sam says when they're trying to figure out what kind of snake monster it is, because you can't have venom and and crush like you know that doesn't happen and. Mm-hmm. Sam says the name of a... I might have this backwards. I have to, but one of them says the name of what it is, and Dean, then Dean's like, no, can't because of this. Uh, he didn't mm-hmm. even have to pause. He just knew the information. I was like, yeah, thank you. Because dumb Dean is a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. I also think... I was really perplexed how uncomfortable Sam seems with the whole animal thing. Since he's the, you know, for years we've had him be the animal lover, the dog lover and everything. He seemed like, yeah, I don't want to deal with these animals. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to be around them. I'm bored with this. This is not fun for me. Where I feel like I would have liked a little more of him kind of being like, <laughs> my brother's a dog. He's a pet I've always wanted. I kind of would have said that. Something a little a little more in character for him as far as the animals go. Like the fact that he was like, Why can't we just leave the dog in the car? 
I don't feel like that was a really Sam Winchester kind of reaction. In my opinion. So, Dean, you know, in the past, Dean has been the one who acted like he didn't like dogs. And, you know, he didn't ever want to, you know, rule was mm-hmm. two rules. No dogs in the car, and you don't buy a pot from a guy named Don. So, right. you know, he, 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 he yeah. you know, broke one of his rules in the episode. So I'm guessing maybe, you know, he'll feel better about dogs from now on. Well, yeah. and at the end, he does say, like, you know, I would love to take you with us, but no life for a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, going back to, like, season, the beginning of season eight with Amelia, which was my pet peeve about Amelia, that she wanted Sam to take the dog anyway, despite the fact that he could not confidently take care of the animal. I like that Dean recognizes that she can't confidently take care of an animal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have, to, we have to give a shout-out to the um, people who ran the vegan bakery. I thought they did they did a great job. And one of them, you know, was uh, – well, they'd both been on Supernatural before, but the main one was the girl who was Lily, one of the psychic kids on All Hell Breaks Loose. Jessica Harmon, yeah. yeah. And when Jared, Jared tweeted, I was like, that's why she was so familiar. But the thing is, is – so much of recognizing somebody is recognizing the her eyes. Eyes, yeah, with her glasses <laughs> so on, yeah. She's wearing the sunglasses, and then her eyes are just, you know, red with the venom. So it wasn't until I was like, oh, that's why her voice seems so familiar. So, yeah, I probably I probably would have just really kind of blown it off if she hadn't said anything. I would have been like, eh, she just seems like somebody to somebody. Mm-hmm. Really on. But and I'm pretty, And um, the guy who was killed in the taxidermy place at the beginning. He um, has been on at least once before. He was in um, Bad Day at Black Rock. He's the guy who ran Biggerson's. And when Sam and Dean come in and he says, congratulations, and they won and everything, he's that guy. I didn't even recognize him. So only so many actors in Vancouver. <laughs> very small acting pool. Very small acting pool. <laughs> Overall, for a episode, I enjoyed it. I just, there were just certain things. Mm-hmm. There so, my expectations were pretty low, so it, it I, yeah. so I enjoyed it well, more than I thought I was going to. So. To be honest, when I saw, I hate when I have to say this, because it's, I'm grading on a curve because I do, I do kind of hold supernatural writers to a higher standard than like any other TV show I watch. Um, that's currently that's currently running. But when I saw who was writing it, I was all I thought was, uh, Mannequin Two: The Reckoning. Uh, but um, no, it was much better, much better. It was it was world better. And, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't loathe it. I didn't 
make me angry. There were definitely some extremely enjoyable parts. Here and there I have a couple of issues, and it did actually <laughs> have more Sam and Zeke and Dean moving that along a little bit. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I really, most of, mostly what I really liked was the formula of it. I really, really, I guess I've been missing that. I've been craving that, the Monster of the Week kind of formula. And it was really, really pleasurable to have it back, as, you know, brief as it may be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, have we discussed this episode fully? I think we're good. We mm-hmm. we got to remind good. everybody to keep voting for the People's Choice Awards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Vote, retweet, retweet, vote, vote early, vote often. <laughs> Remember that the campaign in the 90s, vote or die, would be kind of out right now, considering it's supernatural. True, true. Vote or die. Such a weird (laughs) campaign. Okay, so. I don't think we have anything really going on. I mean, this is us, this is our, our quiet time. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing pressing. We do have a new episode next week, so we will not be on this Saturday night, but the following Saturday night, I believe, at our usual podcast time. Um, yeah. If that changes, and we'll let you know. I just want to say a quick um, congratulations to both um, Team Levi and the Women of Letters uh, in Dallas that went and did the walks, and also to Misha Collins and Albert Chow and everyone who did uh, E4K. Those yeah. are both fantastic causes. So everybody who participated in no matter what way that you did, whether it was donating or showing up or just watching Audrey play, everyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I watched Audrey some on, and all oh, that guy. He is amazing. He not only did mm-hmm. he stay up for 25 hours playing a video game online, but he was live videoing it so everybody around the world could watch. And you could just watch him getting tireder and tireder as the hours go on. And he, he, but he was great. He was awesome. Even, he even whipped out his guitar and sung some, too. So he was good. Yeah, I had to miss it. But um, I've seen people talking about it. And, you know, Osric is our new king. And I'm good with that. Gotta love Osric. Oh, yes. Well, I Definitely. think that does it for us. Yeah, I think it I think does. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody who called very, very much. Um, we'll talk soon. You can always find everything you need to know about Supernatural on the podcast on our website, winchesterrose.com, Facebook, and Twitter, also Winchester Rose. LiveTalkRadio.com slash Media Boulevard for the podcast and through iTunes. And you can also search BlogTalkRadio.com, Winchester Radio for some way back archives from the early days, lots of interviews. We just had a great time with Felicia Day on Saturday. Um, it's great. If you want to go back and listen to those and the other times she's been on, Guy B. And Misha. Of course, mm-hmm. Misha. 
lots of lots of your Adam Glass, um, Jim Michaels, our producer, Jim Michaels, Jan Eliasberg, um, Mike Beaver, Toy Possum. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go? Basically, a lot of really good people from that. Yeah, we have had some great guests. Yes, we have. Go reliving. Okay, oh, we just hey, real quick, we just got the um, haven't even posted it to the website yet, so I, uh, we can give a, a quick. Um, you heard it here first before it's even posted. Yes, the um, episode synopsis is we just got it for Tuesday, November twenty sixth episode. Um, it's called Rock and a Hard Place. So if you don't want to hear, go ahead and hang up now. If you don't want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> Sheriff Mills calls Sam and Dean for help investigating multiple murders in her small town, discovering all four victims belong to the same church chastity group. Sam and Dean decide to infiltrate by joining the group themselves. When (laughs) Dean disappears, Sam and Sheriff Mills realize whatever they are hunting has taken Dean too and team up to rescue him. John McCarthy directed the episode written by Jenny Klein. Hmm. Well, so again, it's, again, it's oh, Sam and Sheriff Mills coming up to save Dean, just like they did um, when Sam, when Dean was back in the past, the Elliot Ness. So mm-hmm. and I that's why I kind of wish it was the other way again. around. But, yeah, yeah. But I would be great. great no, to because Jody needs to have friends yeah. too. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's Sam's friend. <laughs> all the friends. <laughs> it's always. I wonder if he'll find out who's in the dungeon. Ah, oh, yeah, if he's still there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, let's find out. But always good to see Jody. She loves Kim Rose. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, she'll survive <laughs> again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time we talk to you guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.